Andor is a show that I never would have asked to be made. When they announced it years ago, I lumped it in with the thousand other projects being pumped out of Star Wars and Marvel, and it felt like a cheap cash grab to me. I mean, I absolutely love Rogue One, but I don't think many people watched that movie and thought, man, I really want to know more about that side character. I'm assuming Disney also didn't have much faith in it, because this show doesn't seem to be plagued by corporate influence like so many other Star Wars shows. And I can already feel everyone thinking, don't say it, don't say it. Well, I'm gonna be that guy. I'm gonna say it. Andor is the best Star Wars show! Andor is everything a spinoff should be. It takes a risk by not associating itself with the Jedi or any fan-favorite characters, and it stands on its own two feet, and that's what makes it feel so fresh. It shows you the people that don't get recognized. The unsung heroes of Star Wars. The people that do the real work, the ones that make the difference, you don't see them on TV or on the front page. I'm talking about the day in, day outers, the grinders. Come on, man, you know what I'm talking about. The other guys. It's very different from any other Star Wars we've seen, but still holds on to those fundamental themes that makes it feel like it belongs in Star Wars. Andor is a giant mix of everything that makes this franchise work, plus a little extra. It has deep family themes, spectacle and beautiful shots, tense political espionage, and it leans into the darker tone first introduced in Rogue One perfectly. It achieves what any sequel or spinoff should do, which is retroactively making what came before it better. It lets you see all the moral compromises the rebels have to make and how bad things get because they're fighting back, while showing you that even with that, the fight is still worth it. It explores the mentality of those working for the Empire and paints a more human picture on how people become radicalized. The Rebellion and the Empire finally get the depth they have always been sorely lacking in live action, and it feels so great to see characters that have more than 5 minutes of screen time actually die, and not have a reverse for once. And that feels very mean to say, but I swear to god if they resurrect another Jedi, I'm gonna become an Order 66 denier. The show is the perfect balance that a spinoff needs. It manages to put distance between itself and what it's based on, while still capturing the soul and appeal of the franchise. And that's not to say I think Star Wars is better without the Force or Jedi. It's not, and I'm not sure I would even want many more projects to be like Andor. But the ground the show covers is an area that has been in need of some tender loving care for a long time. Just like this channel. So please, like and subscribe to support the cause. You owe me 1,000 subs. But before I go crazy on everything I love about this show, don't worry, I will still give it its fair criticism. I enjoy the slow burn the show goes for, but there are one or two episodes I think could be combined without losing much. You guys know I never pass up an opportunity to praise Better Call Saul, but even that show has a stretch in season 4 that gets a bit too dull for me. Nothing's perfect except maybe, uh... <clears throat> anyway, we'll start with Andor's 3 episode arc structure. I really like the idea of framing this show almost like a biography of Cassian's life with the chapters of important events followed by time passing and then the next big thing. I will say though, the transition from the Aldani heist to him being in prison is pretty abrupt. Within the span of like 10 minutes, they've time jumped to him living in Space Miami, to getting arrested for nothing, sentenced, and thrown in prison. I think it would have been smoother if they had just waited till the next episode to start that storyline. Another thing I do wish we saw more of was aliens. I think there's only two times we see any in the whole show. It definitely didn't stop me from enjoying the story, but I do hope we see more in season two. I also love how once you recognize the patterns of the episodes, you'll notice the tension start building in the background during the first two, with all the built up pressure being released in the climax of the third. This is the same idea that The Walking Dead used with its 16 episode season structure, where every eight episodes would mark a major turn in the story. 
For both of these shows, this is sometimes a good thing and sometimes a bad thing. It works really well when the character and plot development before the big episode have you hooked, but if they don't, you end up feeling like the show is just treading water and stalling. Luckily, I think Andor only has this issue during its second arc, and perhaps it might have been a problem in the first if they hadn't released the three episodes all at the same time to start with. On a first watch, I felt like the two starting episodes of the show were too slow, but once I saw the third episode, I became a lot more forgiving of the pace. That first arc really caught me off guard and built up some goodwill to let me look past the time they dedicate to fleshing out characters in the show. I do think they go a little bit overboard in some cases, but the emotional payoff that it pumps into the character deaths more than makes the time worth it for me. I really like how every member of the Aldani heist gets just enough development to make you actually feel something for them, but I think the training and marching stuff doesn't add enough to that third episode to be worth the time it takes up in the second. One of my favorite things the show does though, is being willing to kill off its characters, and not just kill them off, but doing it in a way that is brutal and grounded. These people will not be celebrated, they will not be remembered, and they don't go out in a blaze of glory that buys time for their friends or has some noble meaning to it. The way they kill their characters really highlights the horrors of war and strips it of its glorification. And this isn't done in like an anti-war messaging kind of way. They show you what it actually entails to go to war with the Empire, and then they show you why it's still worth it despite that. But getting back to the side characters, they give the background cast just enough to work with to feel like they're actual people and makes the world feel so much more real. I do want to point out that this simply wouldn't work if these characters weren't acted so incredibly well. For instance, in the Aldani heist, the double agent Imperial officer is a pretty barebones character on paper. The only depth he's really given is that he fell in love with a local who was killed and that's why he switched sides. But the acting is just so good in scenes like when he's making small talk with another Imperial and they call the locals disgusting. He doesn't say anything, but you can just feel the animosity he has for the Empire now. Dedra is another character that isn't very complex, but is done really well regardless. It actually took me a while to figure out why I like her so much, and I think it's simply due to the acting. She doesn't really have any redeemable qualities, but she never feels like a one-note cartoon villain. Her small moments of humanity when she loses control, gets nervous when she's defending herself in the ISB meetings, and the subtle way that she really wants her boss's approval helps this character a lot. Because they take the time to give these nobody characters some personality, it starts to feel like anyone dying in this show is an actual tragedy. It fleshes out the frontline soldiers of the Empire and Rebellion so well, and finally injects some character into this conflict. I've always felt like the Galactic Civil War was so much less interesting than the Clone Wars, because both the Republic and the Separatists had some real issues that make it less black and white. Until recently, there has been very little worthwhile development of the Rebels, and practically none for the Empire. Which is why it was so disappointing in the Battlefront 2 campaign when they threw away the opportunity to let us see things from the Empire side for once. This show does such a great job showing the Rebels aren't saints, and while it doesn't put rose-tinted glasses on the Empire, it does put you in the minds of those that believe in it. It even makes the Republic cooler by showing that they were framing the Separatists for using biological warfare and the ship that crashed on Cassian's home planet when he was a kid. On top of that, we finally get to see some Imperials that are genuinely scary and competent for once. Dedra, her boss, and Cyril all feel like actual threats, and this feels like a show that would allow the villains to do some horrible things to the main characters. Andor goes headfirst into the political aspect of Star Wars, and I love every minute of it. Mon Mothma in particular gets some long overdue character development, and the way her and Luthan are always one bad day away from everything crumbling makes the plot feel so tense. There's a real sense of danger here, because you've seen exactly what the ISB will do to them if they get caught. It's fantastic how you see that she isn't the perfect person her other small appearances lead you to believe she is. 
her family life is really twisted, with her selfish, indifferent husband turning their daughter against her. The situation is not really helped by the fact that Mon Mothma does actually neglect her by being so obsessed with the rebel cause. I really like how the show frames her as Palpatine's political rival and talks about how she learned from the ways he manipulated the Republic in the Clone Wars. And the best part of her character in this story is that they commit to her marrying her daughter off so that she can continue funding the rebels. She is straight up showing that she doesn't care about her daughter as much as the cause, and that makes her so much more interesting. I love that there's a few ways you can look at this. It can be something you see as wrong and hurtful, that she's putting her war before what's best for her child. You could see it as her version of what Luthen said, they sacrifice kindness and kinship for the greater good. You could see it as her making a hard call where she believes that taking down the Empire is the way to help her daughter in the long run, even if it means marrying her into a questionable family in order to accomplish that. Or it could be all three. It's just great writing. Luthen is also such a good addition to the Rebellion and might just be the most interesting character in the whole show. He's ruthless, clever, constantly manipulating everyone around him, and always one step ahead of the Empire. His monologue to the ISB spy is so great, it literally tells you everything you need to know about him. He's somebody that has purposely turned himself into a monster so that he can fight the Empire the way they fight the Rebels. It starts a pretty deep line of thought about whether this makes him a good person for being willing to sacrifice his morality and enjoyment of life, and be the bad guy for the sake of everyone else. Or maybe stooping to the level of the Empire makes him no better, and is ultimately going to be his downfall. Since he does not become the leader of the Rebellion, I'm assuming him and Mon Mothma end up having a falling out over morals down the line, and that Mon Mothma defeats him in some way, and that's why the Rebels we see in the original trilogy don't seem quite as dark as the ones we see here. I also really love Marva Andor in this show, and the way she ends up being a huge catalyst and inspires the people to revolt. Her relationship with Cassian is done so well, and the way the show presents him flying away in episode 3 paralleled to her saving him as a kid hit me so much harder than something like Starkiller base blowing up a bunch of planets. You don't have to go big to make people care about a conflict. Storytelling is all about how close you zoom in on something, and I almost always find smaller scale, more personal stories much more compelling than seeing the fate of the world at stake 10 times a year. That's not to say that if it's done right and properly built up to, that making things more drastic over time can't improve a story, because Andor in particular is really good at this. The first arc of the show accumulates in a fight that kills maybe 10 people, and this small-scale conflict still manages to hit pretty hard on its own. Then the next arc is the Aldani heist that raises the stakes a bit. Now they're stealing money from the Empire that the Rebels desperately need. This arc ends in an absolutely beautiful chase scene through a meteor shower, and also results in the death of half of Andor's crew. Then the next arc is even bigger as it shows us the Empire is arresting thousands of people on either minuscule or completely fabricated charges and using them as slaves until they die. After they escape, the last arc of the season shows an all-out rebellion on Ferrix, and by this point the show has more than earned the beautiful post-credit scene of the Death Star coming together. It started with one man being hunted, then with the crew performing a heist, then with thousands breaking free from prison, and finally with an entire community fighting back. Especially knowing how Cassian ends up playing a huge role in the destruction of the Death Star. Seeing just how much pain and suffering it takes to build it manages to make seeing this thing for the 20th time actually still feel cool and foreboding. And other than just organically raising the stakes over time, telling a story like this shows how every step the Empire takes to increase their control further pushes the people towards the breaking point. It really is death by a thousand cuts. The oppression of the Empire goes uncontested for so long because it happens through a thousand mundane and small injustices carried out every day. Once Cassian starts causing them to crack down as he becomes a bigger and bigger problem, their abuse becomes harder for the people to ignore. 
And that's an aspect of Lucin that I think makes him so interesting, is that he wants them to do all these terrible things to the people, because if they don't, they'll never have the motivation to actually fight back against this. What's really great about Andor is that even if its arcs weren't building to something greater, each of these storylines individually has so much heart in them that they're worth watching for the sake of themselves. The prison arc specifically is probably my favorite bit of Star Wars I've seen in a while. We've seen a lot of escape sequences in this franchise, and I'm not saying I don't like them, but seeing such a fleshed out and gritty take on this kind of story was amazing. Kino Loy's speech is really moving and it's one of the many great monologues in this series. The dialogue in this show reminds me a lot of the talks Varys and Littlefinger would have in the early seasons of Game of Thrones. It's witty, deep, and natural. It just feels like this show really understands the best way to use its characters every time. I can't really think of any way I would rewrite Marva, Cassian, Dedra, Luthen, or Mon Mothma. They managed to make Cassian incredibly interesting from start to finish. I love the idea of a primitive planet in Star Wars, and this serves as such a cool and unique backstory for him. He starts off as a selfish person who really just wants to escape and live his life in peace. His arc is done really well, and he loses more and more people and becomes inspired by his mother to start fighting back rather than just taking the abuse from the Empire. Bix is tortured, Nimic is killed, Kino is left behind in the prison where they were sent to die for no reason, and the final straw is his mother's last words to him telling him that he has the potential to achieve something great, and that he will once he gathers the courage to be a part of something bigger than himself. And the way he hears of her death is just so good, with him staring off the beach just like he does at the end of Rogue One. Every time I rewatch that movie now, I'm gonna be wondering if he's thinking about his mom as he dies. I love how Luthen tells him that he'll either die meaninglessly if he keeps living the way he does, delivering insignificant annoyances to the Empire, or that he can die bringing them down, which is ultimately what happens to Cassian. In short, the show is just a masterpiece in my eyes. I mean, do you ever have a movie or a show that you just click with every single thing it's trying to do, and you're just feeling it the whole way through? That is this show for me. I love the themes, I love the plot, I love all the character relationships. It just works. I understand if some people don't quite connect with it as much as they do the storylines about the Jedi or the Mandalorians. Everybody has their own taste and that's fine. But for me, the writing in this show did make me kind of start to see the Mandalorian as a little dumbed down to be honest. I mean, what somebody would call filler for this show and what someone would call filler for the Mandalorian are two entirely different things. Filler in Andor still accomplishes a lot. You know, maybe we didn't need two whole episodes digging into the side characters on the Aldani heist, but it makes it better in the long run. You know, Filler in the Mandalorian is like, hey, go f get me this part so that, you know, you can progress further down this video game path. And I like that stuff because I like exploring, you know, creatures in Star Wars and all this stuff. I don't have anything against the first two seasons of the Mandalorian, but next to this, I mean, it just doesn't compare to me. And it really just makes me think, man, like what if we had got an Obi-Wan Kenobi show that was written with this much care, you know, that had dialogue like this that dug into the characters this much? It's just such a missed opportunity. But I'm super excited for season two, and this show has definitely earned its place as the number one Star Wars TV show for me, at least live action, maybe even including the animated stuff. And it gets so many bonus points for me for just being willing to try to be different and actually create new characters and do something new. But tell me what you guys think of Andor, what you guys think the best Star Wars show is, and like and subscribe if you liked it and want to subscribe. <laughs> That's going to do it for this one. I'll catch you all in the next episode of Headcanon.